Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. And this is a breaking news podcast. I think it's the first time we ever had a breaking news podcast. Um, it was announced uh, on Wednesday, and we knew this news was coming, that the Belmont Stakes will be run at Saratoga Racecourse in June. And uh, Mike McGadden broke that story this morning, and Mike joins us now here in the Party Shots Podcast studio. Appreciate you coming in, Mike. I know you have a busy afternoon here. And uh, we finally had, it's finally official. I mean, are we surprised? No, nobody's surprised. This is the worst-kept secret in all of horse racing at this point. Uh, we knew it was going to happen um, based on all of the circumstances, and really all it was waiting for was a rubber stamp from the New York State Gaming Commission, uh, you know, the regulatory body that governs the New York Racing Association, which covers Saratoga, Belmont Park, and Aqueduct. Um, they did have uh, their bi-monthly meeting that they have every first Monday, every other, other month on uh, this past Monday, and um, it doesn't show up on the, the public transcript of the minutes um, and of the, the proceedings of the meeting, but uh, certainly that was a, everybody was together and it was an occasion for them to finally rubber stamp this move, which everybody, I mean, we've been talking about this since before the Saratoga meet even ended um, based on the, the progress of uh, the renovation of Belmont Park and uh, Naira's desire to not run the Belmont under any circumstances at Aqueduct, uh, mostly because they <clears throat> they need to um, accommodate fifty thousand people at least at this world class uh, event of theirs, their their signature race of the entire racing calendar. So they, it was never going to be at Aqueduct. It was just a question of whether Belmont Park would still be in a in a capacity to host it based on the gr- the grandstand uh, construction progress, and it looks like they're going to be knocking that baby down, you know, right around the same time. So um, they had to move it to a place that a could accommodate a big crowd. Um, Naira gets to to get its close up and put on its best face. That's Saratoga. Um, so it really was just a matter of bureaucratic rubber stamping and red, red tape to make it officially happen, which ha- which they announced today. Now, they, are they talking about also next uh, – I'm sorry, 2025 at this point? Is that Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, um, all along they've been saying 25 was a sure thing. And, again, that will have to go through the same re- review and approval process with the Gaming Commission. But they had the luxury of, of – predicting and planning for 25 because they know Belmont's not going to be in any position. At that point, they're going to be fully into their construction of the new facility, which is going to be a quarter of the size of the current massive grandstand and clubhouse that they have now. 24 was the question just because the timing of tearing it down, they they weren't sure if they were, it was going to coincide, how that was going to coincide. And as it turned out, I think, they, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're actually a little ahead of schedule, which means that um, June of 24 is going to be right in the wheelhouse of that thing coming down, um, whether it's at right in June or whenever the hell it happens. Um, uh, it's not going to have the capacity to, to host a Belmont and, and you know, have 50,000 people on the ground. So yeah. I'll ask you a little about the Saratoga, impact on Saratoga in just a moment. But sure. uh, Aqueduct, I mean, why not, I mean, Aqueduct's not capable of hosting 50,000? And I, I'm at the point is, why bother having Aqueduct around? Well, Aqueduct is, I mean, technically it's it's big enough. 
actually, I, I'll take that back. I don't know that it's big enough to handle the crowd, but they don't want to send, they, they don't want to have their signature event at Aqueduct because it's it's run down. It's due to be destroyed once they get um, Belmont Hall straightened out and up and running. So it's basically, it's just a placeholder for certain Belmont meets. They still hold the spring meet at Belmont Park, um, but they've moved the fall, the last couple of years, they've moved the fall Belmont meet to Aqueduct as just a placeholder for what's going on at Belmont. And there's all kinds of things going on at Belmont. I mean, they're building tunnels. They're going to open up the infield to stuff. Uh, like, as I already mentioned, the grandstand and clubhouse are going to be absolutely leveled and, and uh, built from gr- the ground up. Um, so in the meantime, they need to race year-round in New York State, and that means Aqueduct. So Aqueduct will serve its purpose for as long as they need it to, and then and then it'll just go away. Let's talk about the impact for Saratoga, the race course, the Capital Region. What does this mean? Um, it's going to be bananas up here. Um, we're kind of used to it because it'll be similar to Travers Day, but it'll it'll have a carry a little bit of extra. You know, this is we've never done this before, so we're not. It is a little uncharted territory, but I mean, you can kind of picture the scene. And um, the one different. Thing, a different component to it is it's a, it's a temporary thing. We need to mention that it's a four-day, uh, they call it the Belmont Festival, which they've been calling it for, for a few years now, where it's a four-day thing where they actually have some pretty good stakes races on the other days of the, the four-day festival, uh, including the Sunday, the day after the Belmont. I don't know if we gave the specific date, but it's going to be June 8th will be the actual date of the uh, Belmont Stakes, which will have its usual huge roster of other big stakes races besides the Belmont. Um, but there's other stuff going on on the other days, um, and it will be similar to Travers Day in that there there will be like a full roster of you know Grade One races on the card. Difference again is you know we're we're kind of like the circus is moving into town for a couple <laughs> days or a week or two weeks or whatever it is. So that will create a really kind of hectic um, you know a, a new element to the, just the whole city and county of Saratoga that they haven't seen, you know, when the, when the circus comes to town for the meet, it's 40 days, you know, this year, next year, it's going to open on July 11th, and it's going to close on Labor Day, like it always does. You know, that's two plus months where everybody's prepared for it. Um, They know what to expect. um, And and everybody just kind of has their routine down. This is going to be a whole different animal. And it happens at a time when, you know, there are horses and, and horsemen up there, in Saratoga training on the Oklahoma training track, which, you know, opens for training in April every year, closes in November. So there will be like a certain segment of the horse population will be up here, but this is going to be sort of on a way more spot basis that nobody's used to. So that, you know, not really hundred percent sure what it's going to look like. I just know it's going to be bananas and people are going to go nuts for it. And it's going to have a lot more national attention because it's the Belmont and it's you know, the third leg of the Triple Crown Series. Yeah, so the meet will actually start two days before, is that? You yeah, said? yeah, it'll be like Thursday the, let's see, 6th, uh, let me get my June, June 4th? It'll be, no, it'll no. be June um, 6th, 6th. Will, was the Thursday, June 7th is Friday, and then June 8th, of course, is Belmont, and then they'll run what they call New York Showcase Day on Sunday, which is a fun day because it's uh, restricted to New York breads, and it's a bunch of stakes races for horses that are bred in, yeah. in the state, so... And it's, it's not really the first time the Belmont Stakes has moved. I mean, it's been in other places before. Not at all. In fact, the Belmont's been around since 1867, but Belmont Park was first built in 1905. So um, as as we wrote, you know, and if you go on the Gazette's website, we've got a nice explainer there that has some kind of FAQ type of things besides the story that we wrote this morning that has a lot of detail and the latest developments. 
But um, uh, Jerome Park uh, was the site of the first Belmont Stakes in 1867. That's in the Bronx. Morris Park, they moved um, there like several, like 1899, I think it was, also in the Bronx. Those tracks are long gone. They're from the heyday of racing in New York City area, metro area, where, um, you know, at, at, there were like six, seven, eight, nine different tracks all in New Jersey in the New York yeah. metro area and Westchester County, and those are all long gone except for Aqueduct and uh, Belmont, of course. Of course, Saratoga opened in for racing for this time, first time in 1863, and then then they built the current facility that you see. I mean, obviously, it's been renovated and changed, but they moved across the street in 1864. So, so Saratoga actually predates um, the first Belmont Stakes, and certainly way before Bel- the you know current Belmont Park was built. Um, and in fact, they did hold the the Belmont at Aqueduct from 1963 to 67 when the current massive Belmont Park that they're getting ready to tear down <laughs> was being built. It took them four years to build that baby and 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 so they had they did have the belmont stakes in the 60s for for five years at aqueduct so it's it's been around um and you see that sometimes you see kind of see some races temporarily shift around at, at different tracks but um since 1905 except for the six that little span in the 60s it, it's been at belmont park and and but it's never been at saratoga what is the national impact, do you think, going to be? Obviously, Saratoga gets a lot of attention during the, the, the season, especially when it comes to Traverse time. What about the attention that it's going to get for the Belmont Stakes? Well, it, it's it's going to get huge attention, um, not even talking about if there's a triple crown on the line. I mean, this is the third leg of the triple crown. It gets a tremendous amount of national um, media exposure and, and attention, um, and now you're shifting that to Saratoga, a place that is used to that, just not quite at the level of the Belmont Stakes. You know, people know what the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and the Belmont are. I'm not sure they, that people in mainstream or, you know, kind of outside the sport really know what the Travers is, and that's yeah. the biggest thing at Saratoga. So now all of a sudden you attach this brand of the Belmont Stakes to a site, Saratoga, that everybody's very familiar with or just not familiar with seeing that race there. And I think it's just going to kind of – really ratchet up the attention on Saratoga to a different level. And Naira flat out said, um, this gives us a chance to showcase our most beautiful facility that we have, and it's only going to strengthen our brand, and it'll strengthen the brand of the Belmont Stakes itself. And they're they're always interested in in that kind of angle. I mean, the track has been made improvements over the last few years. I mean, now they have to get ready a, a month early to open the track. What do they have to do to – and is there anything they need to do to, you know – Rehab the track and get it ready for the uh, not summer. physically to the track itself. I think the main challenge now for Naira and everybody up there is figuring out how to staff, uh, you know, on a on a spot basis. You know, you're gonna have to hire temporary help. I know one of the layers of bureaucracy that they had to wade through just to get this thing approved with the gaming commission is to, you know, there's contracts and agreements in place for certain things, including racing dates. They had to get approval for just to even run four days of racing at Saratoga outside of the the usual 40 days. Um, You need concession people, security people, um, paramutual clerks, uh, you know, a wide variety of um, uh, working people that are, and they're only going to be there for four racing days and who knows how long, you know, for, you know, the pre-Belmont, you know, lead up is going to require, you know, extra staffing and, uh, and everything up there. And then, you know, once June 9th rolls around, they don't. You don't need those people anymore. So that that's kind of. I think it's more from that angle. But the track itself, 
outside of not being able to accommodate a mile and a half on the main dirt track, which is what the distance that the Belmont usually runs at, the track itself is is built and equipped to handle 50,000 people. We know this firsthand because that's how many people they get on Whitney Day and that's how many people they get on Traverse Day. So that's not going to be an issue at all. If anything, it's going to give Naira a chance to to bolster, you know, people's um, knowledge of all the different, like, um, premium suites and, and different, you know, uh, accommodations they have on the track and, and expose, you know, probably a lot of out-of-towners to, to a track that they haven't seen before. There's probably a lot of people that traditionally go to the Belmont every year and, and may, may not necessarily make it to Saratoga. Because that horse racing rider, Mike McAdam, joining us here on the Parting Shots podcast. You probably should call this at the track a special edition. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're learning as we go along. This stuff, like, breaks in our lap, and, uh, we, you know, we got to kind of make adjustments like everybody else does. Yeah, let's talk about the attendance, because sometimes if there's a time when the maybe if there's not a triple crown at stake, maybe the t- attendance at the Belmont uh, Stakes is not as huge. But here, being at Saratoga at a different place, do you think – if there's not a triple crown on the line, maybe people still come just because it's at Saratoga? That, that happens all the time at Belmont Park. It really doesn't happen anymore only because as of a couple years ago when uh, the New York Islanders put UBS Arena and gobbled up half of the backyard of at Belmont Park, the, the grounds aren't really um, a, a good place to ask 90,000 people to show up for the Belmont. As, as we saw in uh, 2008 when Big Brown got beat and it was 94 degrees and uh, the water systems broke down. Um, not long after that, um, they, they, I believe they started capping the admission. I know a few years ago, just simply because of the Islanders' presence of their arena, they had to do something. So they, they cap admission at 50,000 at Belmont Park. Um, and they've been in a habit of doing that for Whitney and Travers. And it, it's more of, like, I don't know that they can necessarily suddenly staff for for 70,000, but they can handle 50,000. And so it, that that will be a smooth uh, operation for Naira. They won't have any problem with that. Let's talk about the race itself. Will the distance be different from, uh, from Belmont versus Saratoga? Yeah, I, I already mentioned that. And um, yeah. excuse me. And just based on the configuration, configuration of Saratoga, you can't run a mile and a half. I mean, technically you could, but it would be a disaster if you tried to run a mile and a half race on the main dirt track at Saratoga because it's one lap is a mile and an eighth. Uh, it's easy at Belmont Park because that that gigantic thing is a mile and a half, one lap. So you can start and finish at the same spot. Boom, one lap, you're good to go. But up at Saratoga, because it's a mile and an eighth, if you were trying to run a mile and a half dirt race there, the starting gate would essentially start on the turn. And if you follow track and field, you know that like on a 400-meter track to run 200 meters, that you need a staggered start so the people on the far outside aren't running longer distance geometrically than the people on the inside. Horse racing, you can't do that because everybody kind of laterally starts from the same spot in the starting gate. So you need a little piece of straightaway right out of the gate so it's fair for everybody to kind of get positioned laterally and nobody's running a farther distance than anybody else. And so to, to, to solve that problem is very easy. You run it at a mile and a quarter, which is the same distance they run the Alabama, the Travers races like that. Just put the starting gate at the, uh, at the eighth pole. So you got a mile and an eighth plus an eighth, the mile and a quarter. It's, it's nice because you, the whole grandstand and clubhouse gets to see the start of the race. They run in front of everybody who's, who's in, the, in the grandstand. You get to see it, whereas at Belmont, they start and finish you know, right in, at the finish line. 
in the clubhouse. So that's an easy solution. The only people who are not going to like it are traditionalists who think it's not the Belmont if it's not the true test of the champion at a mile and a half. But what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you can, this, you this is a solution. I, and frankly, I, it, it will actually – it could bolster the, the Belmont field at Saratoga mm-hmm. because – Running a mile and a quarter is going to be a lot more appealing than running that bear of a mile and a half that the Belmont is usually run. So it it might actually – you might see some extra horses in there just based on the fact that – because nobody's really – I mean, they train for a mile and a half if they're thinking about the Belmont, but that's a very small sample size of the horse population. Mile and a half is like nobody runs a mile and a half on a dirt track in in the United States. I mean, I think like – I can't even think of a stakes race that does that, but the Belmont is really the kind of that's their unique uh, one of their unique characteristics, and you, you just can't recreate it at Saratoga the way it's set up. Now the big question is: we we're talking about maybe if this race decides triple a triple crown winner, but but is a triple crown in jeopardy with the previous situation? Has anything changed with that? Um, from what I've heard, at least next year the Preakness schedule is not going to change, and I'm pretty sure they would have had to. To make that call by now, if they were going to do it, so we're we're good to go for twenty four. Um, I had read somewhere back in September that the upcoming meeting of the Maryland um, racing officials on October thirty first were supposedly going to address it at that meeting, and that came and went, and nothing happened. So and then I've subsequently heard that that um, nothing's going to happen in two thousand twenty four. So the Triple Crown spacing will remain the same. It'll be first Saturday in May for the Kentucky Derby. Three weeks later, you got the Preakness at Pimlico in Maryland, and then two weeks after that, you'll have the Belmont. I mean, is it, is it two weeks at Pimlico? It's three and two. It's oh. three between the Derby and the Preakness, and then it's two more between the Preakness and the Belmont. Okay. So it's a five-week total span, but okay. you go three-gap okay. and then two-week gap. Okay. Um, trying to wrap this up here. Uh Trying to find the right question here. I've had only my, just but, begun. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. If if it's going to be there next year, is there a chance if Naira looks at this with the Belmont Stakes, you're having racing in June, maybe they consider staying up here? Or? I mean, it's a legit question, and everybody asks it, and it's a good question. Um, I don't think there's a chance in hell they would ever do that. They would get crucified. Um, especially since they are making a major, major investment. They got um, a half a billion dollars uh, loan from the state. I mean, they're fully committed to Belmont being a year-round facility, so Aqueduct will go away. They're going to have a brand-new everything down there, brand and four different racing surfaces, including a synthetic all-weather on the inside so they can run in the wintertime. So just based on that alone, there's no way, no chance at all that they would consider extending the Saratoga meet Um Certainly not, you know, with a, a like a June into Labor Day type of thing, yep. and and just staying up here. And I mean, the Belmont's going to go back to Belmont after two years anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, but everybody always asks that. Everybody's terrified that they're going to the Saratoga meet's going to be extended from forty days. They've done it a few times before in the last like fifteen twenty years or so. But I, I don't think we're in je- any jeopardy of seeing that happen. Um, if for no other reason, they have major, major investment, and they're very, very 
um, anticipating good things at, at the new Belmont Park for a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, they're they're going to open up the infield to concerts and things like that, like they do at Pimlico. I, they, they have all kinds of things going on down there, and, and it would be silly to, to not use it. Yeah. Well, it's been an interesting time, and I know you'll be very busy once we get uh, yeah, around that time. Yeah, bring it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's probably people downstate that aren't real thrilled about this because they're going to have to pack up shop and come up here for two weeks. But, uh, um, you know, uh, Desperate Annie's will be open on Caroline Street, and uh, they'll have plenty of places to to drown their miseries if they if they don't like it. Well, I appreciate it. Well, see, as we get closer to the Triple Crown, we'll talk more about that. And, uh, Mike, appreciate you coming into the studio. Like I said, I know you have a busy Wednesday with things, but uh, this is great talk, and uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk soon. I'm just glad it's finally official because we've been sitting on this forever, and everybody's like, let's get it over with already. Yeah, <laughs> so, really. <laughs> so we're done for now. All right. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. That's Mike McAdam of the Gazette. Um, because you can follow him on, on, on Twitter or X, whatever the hell they call it these days, at Mike underscore McAdam. We'll have another podcast on Thursday. Uh, your former Union College football coach, uh, John Poppy, who's n- the new Columbia University head coach, he'll be on the podcast. We'll also have uh, Union Women's Preview. Uh, we'll look at uh, the weekend series against RPI. We'll have Josh Hal- uh, Josh Skiba, head head coach, uh, goalie Sophie Matsukas, and uh, forward Riley Walsh. And Josh Seguin of uh, College Hockey News will join me. We'll uh, look around ECAC Hockey. So that will be posted Thursday afternoon, so I hope you get a chance to listen. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good horse racing. <laughs>